Hello and welcome to the first ever Travel Weekly podcast where we will bring you interviews and commentary from key figures in the sector as well as previews of all the major events in the travel industry calendar. I'm Amy Keeley, Head of News, and on our first episode, we'll be hearing from the Chief Executive of APTA, Mark Tanzer, ahead of the Travel Convention in Seville on October the 8th to the 10th. As well as talking through what's on the agenda, Mark will also be answering some probing questions from travel agents. But first, we caught up with Cosmos Chief Executive Giles Hawke and APT Managing Director Paul Molinas to find out what's in store at this year's ATAS conference. Thank you both for coming in to speak with us. Jars has been chairman of ATAS for the last 18 months and will be passing over the mantle to Paul for the next two years. For anyone who doesn't know, the Association of Touring and Adventure, known as ATAS, was set up last year by Travel Weekly and a group of suppliers to raise trade awareness and drive sales within the sector. It now has 42 members and associate members and is preparing to hold its second annual conference on October the 22nd at Birmingham's International Convention Centre. At last year's conference, Paul, you brought in a husky. Um, so my first question for you is, what animal is it going to be this year? Maybe a bear? Well, I knew that was going to come up, Amy. Um, probably bringing in a husky was uh, the best and the worst uh, thing that we've ever done because uh, bringing in the husky sounded a fantastic idea and uh, was great on the day, but the logistics behind it um, was uh, challenging, to say the least. So um, the kangaroo or the bear um, this year for APT won't be coming, but I'm sure something exciting will be there uh, for the agents. Oh, okay, so tell us what's on the agenda for, for this year's conference. Well, it's going to be a great day. Um, we've uh, obviously got uh, the numbers because uh, that's, that's what we're there to share. We're there to share how well the sector is doing and what the opportunities for growth are. But alongside that, we've got um, some uh, experts on a panel. Um, we've got another myth-busting session, but in a different style. Um, we've got some celebrities. Um, we've got some uh, marketing, and uh, we've got our fantastic trade show. So uh, I recommend everybody to come and sign up because um, it's going to be a great day, and we're all going to have fun too. Cool. Can you tell us who the celebrities are? Is that a surprise? It's all a surprise, but it's not a dancing bear or a kangaroo. <laughs> And, and then we're going to end the evening with a, a gala dinner. At, end the evening with a gala dinner and our awards show. Um, so we'll be recognising agents who are achieving in this particular sector. Brilliant. Okay. Um, just as an overarching um, question, what, what what are you hoping to achieve from the event? What's, what's the benefit for, for agents? I think the benefit for agents is that they get a much deeper understanding of how escorted touring, how adventure holidays work reasons why they should sell them and just get fully immersed into the sector. I think agents are under, um, probably underperforming in the adventure and the touring sector and there's a big, big opportunity. I think the closer they get to what's happening to the suppliers to be able to understand what the different offerings are, then the more they can benefit from that and increase their sales. So the ultimate measurement of, of this sort of event and of ATAS is our travel agents increasing their sales of escorted touring and adventure holidays. Okay. And what, what Giles says there is that there are 42 companies there on the day. So we encourage agents to, to meet the sales teams from, uh, from particular companies and marketing guys and, and pick their brains and, uh, and leave there being confident and knowing uh, what they can do for, for their future. Giles, you've been, as I said earlier, chair for, for the last 18 months. What have been the highlights for ATAS in the last year? Well, I, th I think the, the last 18 months, sorry. Yeah, I think the major highlight probably has actually been getting ATAS off the ground, working particularly with Paul as, as deputy chair to pull together all of the various companies and get ATAS to be a live, uh, sort of living, um, living organism. 
I suppose we have had a massive first conference in October last year. We're really pleased with that. It was a great success. Uh, we now have a website live which is fully focused and agents can use and, and go in there to access loads of material, loads of information and there's more to come there so it's in its sort of early stages that website, there's a lot more to come. Um, we've had our sudden showcase so we did an additional event to our conference and now we're getting starting to get regular newsletters out, um, building our agent database so we can talk to agents really closely about uh, touring um, and then I think it's building the next steps for ATAS to grow and a springboard for growth. We have a dedicated full-time personnel working for ATAS, which I think is going to really support uh, our future growth. And, you know, I'm delighted to be sort of handing over the reins to Paul at a time where I think we really are on a upward trajectory, easy for me to say, <laughs> um, to, to some real greatness for ATAS. I think we're, we're getting somewhere very, very quickly. Brilliant. So, Paul, what are you going to bring to the table? Well, that's a difficult one because Giles has done such a great job over the last 18 months. But uh, as Giles highlighted, we work closely together. Um, and uh, Giles and I spoke about um, this opportunity many years ago. And it was great to uh, attend the conference in Birmingham last year and see it actually come to fruition. Um, look, we've got a lot of work to do, um, but uh, we're on a learning curve as well. We're learning uh, as well as, as the trade learning. I mean, the sector has got endless opportunities for everybody. And I think that uh, we'll keep on making it exciting. We'll keep on making it fresh. And uh, the sector is growing um, with us, which is great. Do you think we'll see, it's a question for both of you, do you think we'll see touring specialists in the future like we have with clear and cruise specialist agents? I would say definitely. There are a few agents who are making tourism a sort of specialist part of their business, um, but I think we will probably not in the too near future see some agents setting up as dedicated touring adventure specialists and some agents hiving off parts of their business to be, to be real Phil specialists. Phil Nuttall has already done that. Phil Nuttall's already done that, um, and I think more agents will do that. I think what they need to see is probably the lucrative earning opportunity that Touring Adventure presents and the fact that a bit like cruise going back maybe eight, ten years, if you specialise in this area you will capture a huge amount of business and, and customers more and more want specialists, they want people who are real experts in what they deliver, um, who can give them expert knowledge and who understand explicitly what the difference is between one touring company and another and given that there are 29 touring company members of ATAS plus all, all the associate members. I think to understand that depth of why is it why is this company different to that company, you have to be a specialist. What are the, the, sorry Paul. No, Charles is absolutely right again. I mean, there are there are a few specialists right now who just specialise in touring um, and it has been very lucrative for them. But um, you also are seeing now that uh, cruise uh, experts are now coming into the touring sector and becoming a cruise adventure and touring specialist. And that's because the market is very similar. You know, it's the same demographic. It's the baby boomer guest. And, um, you know, whether that's premium, whether that's luxury, whether that's budget, as long as the agents understand the needs to match the needs uh, to the guest, um, then they're on a win-win situation. But it, for the agent and uh, the travel community, it's understanding um, what an actual school to his holiday or an adventure holiday provides or offers to guests. Once they get that, which is, is the startup learn, um, then they can move it forward. And, and Giles highlighted it, it is a very lucrative business 
and it's one where guests will come back, have had a great time, and will book again, um, and again, and again. And uh, that happens in cruise, and that happens uh, in touring and adventure too. Brilliant. In terms of future trends, I mean, what or current and future trends, what, what are the most popular types of escorted touring currently, and where do you see them, how do you see them evolving in the future? I think um, there, there's always going to be a need for traditional touring, um, because you just look at the uh, the consumer papers the weekend. I mean, if you just open up to any travel section, and the majority of my, is made up of escorted and, and adventure touring companies uh, promoting their trips. And you know, if there's no demand, they wouldn't be promoting their trips. That's what I would say. I mean, it is a huge sector, but it it's so wide. There is such a wide scale from adventure to touring um, to larger groups to smaller groups to specialist trips to um, to wine tours to cultural to foodie tours I mean there is so many things on offer and I'm sure Giles can, can share a bit more on that I, I think well the other bit is people are moving from a sort of show me to let me experience and, and I think that's in, in general life but holidays particularly and, and that older demographic who traditionally take tours they still want to see the big sites but actually want to do something there so when people come back from their holiday there is something there on bragging rights that not only did I go to not even only did I go to Niagara Falls on my tour, they took me down and I was the first person on the boat in the morning to go under the, the spray that's coming, coming off of the falls and then afterwards we went and had a, an exclusive breakfast somewhere and I think that's where touring is headed to give people those exclusive unique experiences of early, or, or early access to um, the Vatican and, and I think where touring really works is giving people unique experiences and taking people to the right place at the right time so knowing that the quiet part of the great wall of china is at this time in the morning in this particular bit so that when you get there you're the only people there and i think that's where touring is headed it's much more about the experience of doing rather than just seeing brilliant okay we're going to move on to a quiz now a quiz about last year's atas conference to test your Memories basically. I've got a bell that Charles was quite rude about earlier because it's not high tech enough. It's a traditional brass hotel bell. Um, but we'll hopefully, it'll it. test it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Second, second attempt at work. Dinner's served. <laughs> it's ready. Um, so it might, yeah, I'm going to move the microphone away so you know we don't have an accident. Right, you ready? So it's first, ready. first ready. to so hit the bell. Shouts their answer. And if you get it wrong, you're the other person gets a no. The other person gets to go. Okay, right. Which Manchester-based agent made 40k worth of new escorted touring bookings within two weeks of last year's ATAS conference? Paul. Karen Allen, Aspen Travel. Correct. I didn't know you, you could go before the question was finished. You, well, you can. Oh. You definitely. <laughs> now can. I know. <laughs> Would you have known that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Next question. Which male travel agent brought a bike horn to last year's conference? Phil Nuttall from Travel Village. Correct. Well done. One all. <sighs> Lucy, our editor, hosted a game show last year, but what TV game show is it based on? Oh! It's Paul, you're just in there, head of Giles. No, it was Giles. It was Giles. It was Giles. It was Giles. That's why we need to check. It was Giles. It was Giles. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> it was Mock of the Week. Correct. Okay. Well done. Two one. Okay, there's two more questions to go. I hope I'm going to say this right. Eddie Villa Lobos from G Adventures gave an amazing presentation about being a tour guide. Which country is he from? Colombia. 
Incorrect. Giles. Um, what's it called? Uh, goodness. Costa, Costa Rica. Rica. <laughs> 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 you're meant to be rivals. No, 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 we're partners. <laughs> Right, okay. Well, so I, I, th- I think that would be my point. I do, I, I think that's Giles. I think I, I'd give <laughs> it to Giles. Because he failed on the first one. Yeah, I did say Clem. <laughs> so, so now we're so two all. So that's your point? No, two all? So Paul, you've got that one. No, no, give it to Giles. Give it to Giles. You know, Giles can have something to leave with. <laughs> Is there a trophy? <laughs> yeah, yes, it's Good. Bell. It's got, it's got sharp points. <laughs> Right, last question. What was the name of the agency which won one of the operator prizes that Lucy thought had been made up? Ah, uh, so go deeper. Name. Go deeper travel. I'll have to go to Paul because he rang the bell, Giles. Oh, you knew no. it as well. Okay, at the end of, of that quiz, Giles, you got three points. Paul, you got two. So, Giles, you can leave me. Congratulations. Yeah, well, I, I think, to be fair, it was probably a draw because that Costa Rica one. We got it at the same time, so two and a half each, I reckon. Sure. It's very sportsmanlike. All right, thank you very much for coming in and speaking with us, and good luck with ATAS. Thank you, And you can book your place at this year's ATAS conference, which takes place on October 22nd by visiting atasconference.co.uk. Next up, we hear from the Chief Executive of ABTA, Mark Tanza. Hello, Mark. Thanks for joining us on the Travel Weekly podcast. Um, We know you're a busy man, so we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, Before we start talking about the travel convention, uh, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about you and how you got into travel. Well, good morning and thank you for having me here. Uh, Yeah, I've been in travel now since 2005, so 13 years. all of them spent at ABTA. I didn't have any background in the travel industry before I came to ABTA. And, um, you know, after 13 years, I'm just about beginning to get the hang of it, I think. Um, it's been fantastic uh, experience, not just with ABTA, but also in the industry over the last uh, years. Uh, it's gone through such dramatic change and ABTA has been at the sort of centre of much of that. So it's been a really interesting journey. Um, Before I came into travel, I worked in the private sector. I worked for Pepsi at one stage uh, in their international business, uh, selling fizzy drinks and snacks and things. And then I went to work for the Automobile Association. I was their marketing and strategy director. And then when they became, uh, you know, bought by uh, Centrica, which is the parent company of British Gas, I went there as their strategy director and from there to APTA. So my background is strategy finance okay so on to the travel convention um which is on october the 8th to the 10th i hope i've got the dates right um in seville um the themes for this year's conference are truth trust and the future of the expert so tell us a bit more about about that well you know the convention always tries to uh, sort of look at the big picture uh, and you know the things that are happening in society and that are going to impact the travel industry and then also impact people in their running of their day-to-day business and uh, you know we have a group of advisors from different parts of the membership who we get together and we think what are the issues that they think are interesting and have been interesting to the the delegates who come and this year the whole question of trust was very much top of mind and I think you know at the very big level we know it's it's partly because there is an awful lot of uncertainty and change in the world we all know that but also just a lot of different voices and commentators now talking about you know what's going to happen and what you should do and how you should vote and so forth and it's partly driven by social media and the explosion of that but I think 
you know what we've seen is you know an erosion really of those traditional voices of authority particularly politicians who if you look at you know research people don't particularly trust politicians or certainly don't trust them to get it right um, and uh, you know that's really changed you know the whole dynamic of how we how we find trust and you know find our bearings and uh, you know that's been partly accentuated by the whole fake news phenomenon so what is real and what is unreal you know not just in terms of breaking news but advertisements and so forth so we're much more skeptical I think of when we see something on a on the internet or on any medium as to whether it's it's really true um, so that sets the sort of the big picture in terms of speakers who, who do you have on stage we start off with Rory Sutherland who's the vice chairman of Ogilvy and Mather which is a big advertising uh, organization and he'll be talking about whom do you trust and uh, in a broad sense and looking at things like bloggers. We've got um, Sophia Natal who is a, a customer experience expert from IBM and she'll be sort of picking up I think where Rory leaves off and say you know how do you um, uh, really build that that belonging that sense of belonging with a customer if you're if you're a brand. So you know a lot there at the beginning of, of um, trust um, We've got uh, Philip Wolf, who is the founder of Focusrite, which is a very large market research uh, travel company, looking at the uh, you know the next stage of digital transformation in travel. And he'll be followed by Paul Redmond, who spoke last year and was very well received. And Paul's talking about the zombie economy, zombie jobs as he calls them, which are really jobs that are in the process of being sort of taken over by technology. You know things that currently humans are doing but actually you know not just from a cost point of view but an efficiency point of view will be done by machines in the future and what does that mean you know for particularly for young people coming into the workforce now if you're not going to be doing those jobs what kind of jobs are we should going to be training people for are we all going to be software engineers or marketing experts or musicians what is it that yeah. it isn't going to be zombified yeah. Brilliant. Okay, thank you. And moving on um, to some travel agent questions. Yeah. Diane Coleman, owner of Tickets Travel, she asks, what is ABTA doing to help agents counter credit card charges? Well, this has been a very big issue um, for, for particularly for agent members, but for all ABTA members, is the, um, the new payment services directive, which basically uh, removed the ability to, to charge for credit card payments and um, you know travel is in a particularly difficult position here because people do pay by credit card and they have large amounts of money uh, on a credit card there aren't many other large ticket purchases that people stick on a credit card you know, you're not likely to buy your car yeah every you year are you yeah. Card, yeah. Um, yeah. and food is mm. you know a lower kind of item so we're in that sort of mid-ground of a significant sort of expenditure often on a credit card and therefore the uh, you know the commission that uh, agents in particular were uh, the well, the charge that they were getting for, for accepting the payment was an important part of their revenue and they can't get that anymore when this was um, first agreed at the European level the idea was that all the charges would come down so yes you wouldn't be able to charge but your own costs would have come down what we call the interchange fees and the reality is those costs haven't come down as fast as people thought. So we've been left in a difficult position where you can't recover them because you can't charge the customer, but you're still having to pay them. And we've pointed this out to the Treasury. We've gathered information from our members as to what their current charges are that they're having to pay in order to have a credit card facility. And we are going back to the Treasury to make sure that they put pressure on the other providers to bring those costs down. The moment we can't do anything about reinstating the ability to charge for credit cards, 
that's European law. You know, we're signed up for those European laws, even though we're leaving the EU for the time being. We're in that position, and um, it's uh, it's uh, I I understand how difficult that is for agents not to be able to recoup those costs at the moment, and we're doing everything we can to get the costs down because we can't you know charge customers for it. Okay, and the last question is from Miles Morgan, owner of Miles Morgan Travel. Why is life so complicated for agents and therefore customers with regulation? I know regulation is very important, but it's just a joke due to its complexity. Help simplify it, Mark. Well, I sympathise. You know, the travel industry, and I come as I say, I came into it. This is my first experience. I add to it is a highly regulated industry and I think it's partly because um, the nature of what we do you know we take people away from their comfort zones from places that they're familiar with into strange environments and you want to have a good experience but you want to bring them back safely you want to have a healthy experience so as you can imagine there's a lot of regulation around health and safety and how you look after people there's also a lot of financial regulation because you take money quite a long time in advance or what is basically a promise of something that's going to happen in mm-hmm. the future so you're buying something that's quite intangible you yeah. walk out with a piece of paper that says i will have a holiday um it's not like you're walking out with a book or a record or yeah. anything else uh, so you you it depends on you know, having the right structure there that if it does go wrong you know financial protection that i just talked about package travel regulations people don't get left high and dry I'm just moving on to some other questions, um, not from agents, um, but from from me. Um, Cybersecurity and fraud is becoming a massive issue. Um, BA was targeted just recently. Is travel particularly vulnerable and will it get worse? I think everybody is vulnerable in this and I think travel is is in so far as we obviously collect large amounts of personal data, that's what we do. Uh, You know, we collect people's personal information we transfer it to other people hotels airlines and so forth so we're sitting on uh, you know very large um, sets of data and uh, you know any organization has to um, do everything it can to make sure its its internal processes are are robust and that um, they minimize the chances of, of data breaches you know after ourselves had a data breach you know it's public knowledge yes. last year so i can talk of this with a certain amount of personal experience um it is uh, you know very painful to go through and um you you know i thought we had very strong uh, data protection systems in place the way we organize ourselves the way we deal with our you know web partners and so forth but you know the breach has caused us to go back really look at that again strengthen those do more testing of them and so forth um, so you know we're certainly in a stronger position now than we were before on to brexit how, how are members feeling about brexit what's the sense you're getting well i think uh, a combination of brexit fatigue uh and um yeah, I've got growing. that, definitely. I'm over it. <laughs> growing, I think, apprehension as the deadline comes closer that we still don't know what the world will look like. Uh, you know, APTA has been in the forefront of this debate really from before the referendum. You know, we did a research with members which we published as to what it, uh, leaving the EU would mean, not just for the travel industry, but for travellers and the areas that, um, you know, could be impacted. And we've been uh, talking to not just our government here, but uh, governments in destination countries and, of course, you know, the institutions in Brussels to make sure that 
they're aware of the value of UK tourism, uh, not just to the UK, but to these destinations, that we want to keep these channels open, that we want people to be able to fly where they fly at the moment. We want to be able to move people, key workers around to support those tourists and preserve some of the other customer you know, rights that have helped grow tourism. You know, the e-hit card, the health insurance scheme has been very good mm. to give people that assurance that if something does happen when they're away, they can get uh, you know, treatment free at the point of, of delivery. Uh, you know, the abolition of roaming charges was good. People don't come back anymore with a telephone bill Massive the size of their bill, mortgage. Yeah. And, um, you know, those are uh, uh, elements that when we go into the discussion of what the final uh, trading arrangements are going to be, we'd like to preserve those. We've talked a bit about your background and where you came from. You've been, so you started in 2005, you said, didn't you? So it's yeah. been 13 years. Excellent maths. Um I, can you see yourself after for the next 13 years? <laughs> well, that is a very long time frame. Um, you know, it's a fantastic organisation uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's changed enormously in, in the time that I've been here and it continues to change. And, uh, you know, from a personal point of view, I can't think of a better place to be or a better job to have. So I'll be here for the time being. Good. Excellent answer. Okay, thank you very much for your time, Mark. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you in Seville. My pleasure. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for tuning in to our first podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'd love to hear your feedback, good or bad. So email any suggestions to me, amy.keely at travelweekly.co.uk. We are already working hard on our second podcast, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. And don't forget, you can keep up to date on all the latest news by visiting the Travel Weekly website.